Good morning, everyone. This is Amy Wenslow with the Product Business Show. I see we've got some people joining us. Awesome. I am so excited to be talking to you today about what happens when your business doubles and triples because there's some things that you should expect, okay? And I want to make sure that you're not taken by surprise when that happens for you because, frankly, um, it's not a fun experience. I've been through that and had to build things out as we were sailing the ship, um, and it gets a little dicey. So before we dive into that, I'm going to start today a little bit differently. We're going to start with a blessing. You know, it's Monday morning. We're going into the last three months of the year. This is the the season where holiday activity increases and the pace of life seems to just pick up. And it's also the season of harvesting everything that has been going on for three to six months before. So with that, I just want to take a moment and have all of us take a deep breath and just close our eyes for one second, just a minute, and just slow down. So take a deep breath in and deep breath out. And I am so honored that we've been brought together and that we're here and that we're in this conversation about creativity and business and and what it is to give birth to something new in the world. Because that's really what each of you are doing. If you've never done a business before, you know, there's a reason that the the IRS and everybody else calls it an entity when you form a corporation because it ultimately it's going to live outside of you. And it's a beautiful moment for us to notice the creative process, right? Um, because it's um, it, it's an intersection, really, between what you're thinking about doing and bringing something into form in the world in a way that you can pick it up and that it's tangible and it's touchable and that, that other people can add it to their lives. And when you are creating an entity called a business, it's as much a creative act as anything else you will possibly encounter um, because of what you need to bring into the space of your business. Now, this may sound a bit um, esoteric a bit um, spiritual, and I believe that what we're doing in business is, and I'm very fortunate that all of our clients and, and a lot of the people that I see coming in, and wow, we have a lot of people joining us today, um, the people that are in this conversation about creating product businesses and creating business as a whole and, and how do you invent something and innovation are very creative people and that's who I know you are. So with that, um, I want to welcome you and if you're new to the show, um, let me give you a little bit of the landscape of how today will go. I'm going to talk here at the beginning for about 10 minutes about some content and then this is a dialogue. This is a space for you to ask the questions or reflect in a way that's going to move you forward with the most power and heart and passionate joy, ultimately is my goal, into your week so that you are teed up to be effective and to feel that the support 
that is all around you for what you're doing. No matter if you're in Kansas, like some of our clients and, and people are, or you're in Canada or Florida, you know, Hawaii, uh, we've got people in Germany and Australia that have joined us. Um, so know that this is a global community of people that are up to creating things, okay? So all of that said, some of the logistics, when we're ready for questions, I'll open up the phone lines. It'll be very clear what, what to do to, to talk. We are available on the webcast as well today. And um, so we're going to we're gonna be talking a little bit about what happens when business doubles and triples. So I'm going to share a few insights and ahas and lessons I've been getting from one of the professors that I've been studying with at UCLA. And, you know, over the years, I've had a lot of different experiences in business, and our clients have done things like grow from, oh, $17 million to $22 million, um, and that was projected $17 million of revenue, and they finished the year at $22 million, and that was a projection that they, in like October of a year, they said, okay, we think we're going to finish the year at $17 million. We did our work with them, and by the end of the year, they finished at $22 million. Now, obviously, that takes a team, and it's not completely um, random when that happens. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about that kind of creative moment and momentum today. And I really want this call to serve you. So if you have um, questions or insights or challenges that are happening for you in your business or in getting your business started or in getting your business to grow to what you ultimately see in your head, that's where we want to be today because that's the juicy conversation, right? Um, so with that, some of the the literature that's out about business kind of alludes to this. There's studies that have been done and many books written. Um, you can check out the, uh, the writings of, um, oh, what's his name? I want to say it's Richard Masterson um, about the five stages of business. Great writing. Um, there's also a book called uh, Fire, let's see. Aim, Fire, Ready, or something like that. It's a great book. I'll, I'll look it up before we leave if anybody wants that. Um, great book about getting yourself moving before you feel like you're ready, right? Now, there's another school of thought, and um, Eric Flamholtz is the UCLA faculty that I've been studying with as part of this um, development program that I'm in, and part of revisiting our mission and purpose in the world and what we want the business to look like next, um, I've been studying with Eric. And he is the gentleman who Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz leaned on when they decided that they wanted to grow from $165 million a year to over $2 billion. It was actually $2 billion, 2,000 stores by the year 2020, right? And they set that as the big goal, and then they set this mini intention, which in most people's mind would never be mini. The mini intention was was really that they wanted to become the global leader of coffee, right? They wanted to get there before anybody else could because they knew that they'd, they'd achieved a certain proof of concept. 
they had, um, I forget how many stores, but they had done $165 million, so they were obviously getting going to get people's attention. And they knew that they needed to move at a really fast pace to get to this size, this kind of critical mass, where no one else could come into the market very easily on the concept that they had proven, right? And many of you are kind of in this moment where you've gotten proof of concept, and now you need to expand rather quickly, right? Because there are competitors or collaborators or people who have similar technology that if you prove the market really well, could just come in and capitalize on the momentum that you built, right? So it's a very delicate, balanced kind of time. So Eric um, has been really generous in sharing some insights and answering questions, and we've spent um, an entire day with him. And when Starbucks decided that they wanted to become the the global leader of coffee they decided that it would be that that it was like 2 billion dollars a year in sales 2000 outlets and they wanted to do it by 2020 right and that was like 6 years away so what they did is they said okay you know all right well is that really the number and then they kind of backed it down and they said all right we think that a billion dollars in sales in a year would, would put us at the world leader kind of place. And then they, they sat in their executive team and they said, okay, how many stores do we think we need to get to that billion dollars? And they said, you know, is it, is it a, a thousand stores? Is it, you know, what is it? And they settled on a thousand stores would get them to a billion dollars was their best estimate, right? And so then Eric worked with them to do their development of their organization for four years while they were growing from that $165 million to a billion dollars in four years, right? It took them a little extra time. I think it took an extra six months, which is nothing really, right? I mean, we're talking about growing a business to a, an iconic size rather quickly, and they knew that they wanted to keep their culture intact. They didn't want the organization to break, right? Now, this is an important fact and an important thought here because what I wanted to share so that you all expect this is that when your business doubles and triples, right, especially when it does it in like a year, two years, three years, you have, in effect, a different set of problems and challenges, and you have a different business. You have a different organization than what it was when you started. What you need to do in an early-stage business is not what you need to do when a company is has gotten established, right? So I know this very intimately, firsthand. Um, you know, we grew quite a bit, and then... I really realized that we needed to slow down a little bit and digest the growth that we'd had and put some more infrastructure in place because what happens when you build your business and you double and triple and you're growing really fast is that the systems that got you to the, that success typically are not the same ones that are going to carry you forward, right? So you have to actually redesign. And you have to 
re-explore what it means for you to be in that business as a person and then what it means for this business, this entity, this this um, organism that you're building and interacting with, what it means for that to exist in the world in its most powerful, gorgeous, positively impactful way, right? So this is something you can tell I feel really passionate about because our clients are all up to things that are about doing something in the world that they care about, right? Almost to a person, all of them are building something that has never existed before for them. Um, they're and, and even the established companies, when they come to us, you know, and, and we have clients like that, that, what they're building hasn't existed for them before, right? So it really is a moment to step into this creative act. So when your business does that kind of growth, your systems will break. The things that used to work won't work. You know, you'll instead of being able to manage your projects in email, gee, you'll need a project management system. Instead of being able to just work out of your cell phone's address book, you're probably going to need some sort of database. Instead of being able to work out of a simple database, hey, maybe you need to move to HubSpot, right? And the process of making the decisions is what strategic planning really is. Okay, And I, I mention all of this because I know that as entrepreneurs, frequently, you know, businesses fly by the seat of their pants, which is awesome, or we're doing the thing that we can see that's going to work for like the next three months, which is super critical to give yourself at least a three-week, uh, sorry, a three-month window to have something work. We do things called 12-week years here in, in our company, and we have intentions that run in 12 week year increments. It's a great book also uh, for anybody who's who's into reading. Um, there's a, a lot of resources for you. The 12 week year is by Brian Moran. It's M-O-R-A-N. I've mentioned it before. I'd really encourage you if you're serious about creating results for your business, I'd encourage you to pick it up and, and test it for you. Okay. So we run in these 12 week year blocks, right? And Part of the reason I'm studying and constantly learning and growing is we achieved what I wanted to achieve. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that we've had that experience and and it caused me to go, okay, what's next for us? Who do we want to be next in the world? Um, and that's a, a big question and that's a strategic planning question. So when you are doing strategic planning, it's about – Number one, the umbrella that your business is operating in, and there's a, a very systematic process. We use it with our clients in the product success program. We start with a full-day strategy session, and then we have follow-up sessions that keep the plan moving, right? Um, that program is so effective because we take the time to plan. We take the time to do some competitive research at the beginning. Our clients get a research PowerPoint, and and then we actually develop a 12 to 18-month plan with some milestones of what we think it's going to take to get to the goal that they want, right? I'm sharing this not because everybody should be in the product success program. I love it. It's amazing. It's not for everyone, 
right? It's for people that are committed and that are seriously intrigued and interested and committed to growing their business. And there are other people that should not be in it because it's not the right tool for what they're creating, right? But whatever you're doing, you want to think strategically and you want to give yourself enough time, right? So one of the big lessons that I've learned from Eric is that many companies, when they're going to launch into an expansion phase like Starbucks was considering, they will take a year to get their house in order, to get their bookkeeping system squared, to get their employees in the fold of this and in the momentum of it. And they're looking across their organization for anything that will be a hiccup, right, for places where um, there's growing pains showing up, right, where there's cracks in the foundations, where employees are unhappy in a certain area and, and they're looking to fix those things, right, and get the culture of the company really solid so that when they go into the real growth moment, there's roots that have sunk into the ground about who that company is and what they're up to and that everybody in the organization gets aligned to that and can see it. Um, if you think of it as a tree, there's roots that are shooting into the ground and the branches are able to lift to the sky, right, and, and grow at a pace that it would not be possible without being able to pull the nutrients from the soil because those roots are so firmly embedded, right? That's what we're talking about. When we're talking about strategic planning and organizational development and all those things that sound like dry matriarchal words, we're not talking about that. We are talking about foundation and roots and the ability to pull in nutrients from your network, right? Think of it that way and, and that you're building something that is going to grow past you and through you. That's the way to think about building your business. And when you have a company that's doubling and tripling, it's what you need to do. And you need to build it for what it is becoming, not what it is right now. If you invest in systems that are you know, perfect for you right now, by the time you implement that system, you will outgrow it, right? You're going to need the next piece. You have to build that little bit ahead, right? Maybe something that you're going to need in like two years, a year and a half, right? If you, especially if you're doing database changeovers. They take some time. You've got to get the team used to using the new thing, and there's, there's things to do, right? So you're going to see change. You're going to see growth. You're going to see development. And then the numbers come in on top of that. If you build and double and triple without the foundation, without those roots into the soil of your business and into the soil of the market, if you build without those, you are in danger of toppling over. You're in danger of um, building so fast that you, you literally can't sustain it. The systems break, you stop delivering for clients or customers, or you have a lot of quality control problems. All of those are symptoms of growing pains and are symptoms of something missing in the infrastructure of the business, okay? So I want to make sure that I open up the phone lines because I know that I just I talked a bit here about that. So um, if you are on the phone lines and you want to know 
kind of what to expect for the next phase of development of your business from where you are, whether you're brand new, you're in startup, you're kind of proving it. There's some numbers and metrics I can share with you about when to expect some of these different growing pains to show up and where your focus is going to need to shift and adjust um, because the needs of a early stage startup are not the same as a mature company. And there's definitely some some milestones that you hit in terms of numbers that signal, oh, the next set of growing pains is about to happen. Um, so with that, if you're on the phone lines and you want to raise your hand to uh, ask a question, you're going to press star two, and that'll let me know that you that you want to ask something or comment. And if you're on the webcast, um, I am watching um, the Q&A box. Oh, I see Doris, I think it is, has commented that she started reading the 12-week year this morning. Awesome! Um, I love that for you, Doris. It's going to be great. It's it's a nice structure, and it's it's straightforward to implement. Uh, Doris is one of our clients, so uh, welcome, and so glad that you're that you're doing that. Um, so let me go over to our phone lines, see if anybody there has questions. You can press star two to raise your hand. So there's, um, I just mentioned some of these milestones that a business hits that signal a set of growing pains may be happening shortly. It's kind of like having a crystal ball, right? So let's talk about them. Um, if you are doing a product business, your first set of growing pains from stage one to stage two are going to happen around a million dollars, most likely. Across literally Eric's research, his database encompasses probably about 5,000 businesses. Um, he's worked with, right now one of his clients is Jamba Juice. Uh, he's worked with Starbucks. He was on the board of the 99-cent store for 10 years. Um, he's worked with Boston Market, which was not a successful company. Um, he's worked with, let's see, Walmart. Um, Starbucks is obviously the other food one. I'm thinking in pairs. Um, he worked with Kmart, um, and he's also analyzed the corporate culture of many of these companies um, because ultimately the work that you do on organizational development comes down to the culture, right? There's something um, that one of the other faculty, Kumar, talks about, and that is the service profit chain and what causes profitability inside companies and how the drivers of that and how it flows from customer satisfaction on through to employee satisfaction and what creates employee satisfaction. And so it is literally a chain that you can follow back to where you have a break and fix that break in your processes and in who your company is being, okay? So it may sound a little esoteric, but it's actually very, very um, process-driven in and has a lot of impact for us. So, okay, you can press star two. That'll raise your hand. I see we've got San Diego, California, um, New Jersey, Palm Springs, Cleveland. Oh, somebody from here in Pasadena. Awesome. Um, so we've got people around the country today, and I'm going to go back over to our Q&A box and just uh, double-check that. Ah, okay, someone mentioned that they just popped in super late. Uh, 
and they're asking, what were the books? Could I mention them again? Yes. There's a couple I've mentioned. There's um, The Twelve-Week Year by Brian Moran. There's um, a book by Masterson, I forget his first name, about the five stages of business. Um, let me just look that one up real quick. Um, and then there's um, Aim Fire Ready is another one that I recommend that is about kind of moving yourself off the dime and getting your business going. Um, so let me see. Just look this up for you. Um, I am a big believer in in learning. So um, the book um, that is the one that I mentioned kind of late in the conversation is the one Doris is reading. That's the uh, Brian Moran book, which is a 12-week year. Um, I can't find the other one right now. But there are some definite... Um, milestones that you're going to be hitting, okay? The first one occurs at about um, $1 million for product businesses. That's where you're going to move from stage one proof of concept into stage two, where you're about starting to acquire some additional resources and get more pieces moving. From stage two to t stage three, you're going to be looking at um, around the 3 to $5 million mark um, when you really start to hit that set of speed bumps, um, and then for the majority of people that I know are, are listening right now, um, you're going to encounter it again around 10 to $15 million, and you're going to always be in this cycle of evaluating what you need next. As the CEO of a, of a company, part of your business, your, your role in it is to look ahead to see where are you going, are you on track, and what's necessary to get there, right, and to build the environment. And it's really important that you develop the skill set to have team around you that's better at things than you are. Um, I'm guilty of this one. I, I didn't always have people in roles that were way more stellar at it than I am, and fortunately, that's what we've built now. Um, we had to take the time to put some things in place. Um, and you want to also develop the skill set of delegating well. Um, we noticed something the past couple of months here that there was a bit of a tendency to do what's called delegating up to me, you know, that people weren't confident that they had the ability to make certain decisions. And so I would delegate the, the task, the roles, the decisions, and, and all of that. And then they would come back to me um, to have me do final sign-offs or to make the decision. And we had to implement a no delegating up policy um, that, no, I trust you, and you may make mistakes, but that's part of the process. And it's not that you're a bad and wrong person. It's that there's a system problem and, and maybe some vision that needs to be communicated. So it's really important. You're responsible as a CEO for the environment of the company and people's well-being from a standpoint of them feeling confident and that they're developing in their careers, okay? So with that, I want to make sure that I didn't miss anybody on the phone lines. Wow. Okay, press star two on the phone lines to raise your hand. I see we've got more questions coming in on the Q&A. Okay. 
Awesome. Um, so the, the purpose of strategic development and, and organizational development is to bring six critical factors into alignment. And those include the corporate culture at the top of the pyramid. It includes the resources, right? The competitive landscape, um, the market offering that you're doing, and the systems and operational resources that you have, okay? So you can call those different things, um, but that's pretty much how it breaks out. And when you're in this, um, this pyramid, you're working in the early stages at the bottom of it to build the, the basic infrastructure to get the proof of concept done, to get it up and moving. And then once you get to that, you're in the moment where you need to pick up momentum, Right, you need to pick up some speed and, and get some more adoption. Now, if you're in a service business, you're going to see that your first stages of development start breaking at around three to four hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so we do have some people on here that are in service businesses that are also doing a product. So that's kind of a hybrid number. You're going to see if you're a service that's doing a product, you're going to have a little bit of schizophrenia going on, right? Your product business will start breaking at around probably 800000 because you're spread a little thin. And then at around 200000 your service systems are going to break. You might have to choose in the early stages which one to focus on. Okay, so just be aware of that. I'm going to check our phone lines again. Perfect. We are doing really well today. Um, and let me check the webcast. Awesome. The Q&A is still going. So what I want you to do when you're thinking about your your business and, and what's happening when it's doubling and tripling is, number one, um, you are going to have to replace systems and you're going to have to start thinking in terms of what's the capacity that you want the business to have. Capacity is the the time available, the resources available, the um, market size that you're addressing, those are all capacity issues, right? Um, and something interesting happens when you have a system like, oh, your database, right? Your email, something like that. And it's, it's at maximum and you can't even get through your inbox and it's pandemonium in there, right? We've all been there at some point. When you get to that, your response time for things slows down. Okay, and it's really important that you put a system in place at that point to handle things more effectively. And that could be delegating to a personal assistant. There's a lot of different resources that you could use. You could develop better filters for your email messages, do what I do. I have a separate clients only email access um, that takes client messages and puts them in a special folder that I can look at really easily and quickly. Um, so that they get the best attention from us. And take the time to put, to, to sit back a little bit. If you think about it, most businesses that are even at the million dollar mark, when they decide that they want to grow, they're going to need to take probably a week, two, maybe three, if they're doing it in a focused way, longer if they're not, to develop a strategic, um, organizational development plan, and they're going to have to review it periodically, right? It can't just live in a drawer. It's a living document that you have to work out of and through. 
And the reason I mentioned the 12-week year is it's a great tool to use within the organizational development stages, right? So you develop the organizational plan that is going to be for a year to three years of activity. It should be at least a year, right? And then you use 12-week cycles with intensity to do what what they would call agile development if you were in technology. And that's how you have to work so that you stay focused and you keep passion and intensity going, okay? So with that, I am going to wrap up for this week unless there's uh, any more questions. Let me check Q&A. Great, we're, we're good on the Q&A box. And phone lines, press star 2 to raise your hand. One last call. Last call for questions for today. Perfect. Um, great. We still have a bunch of people listening. I have a feeling this was like a fire hose. So think of them like growing pains. When you move from stage one, there's actually seven stages. There's stage one, proof of concept. Stage two is bringing in additional resources. Stage three is a bit of um, recalibration. Stage four, you're going to move into needing to add in some um, additional market growth. You might be looking for joint ventures, strategic things. Number five is the stage for expansion through innovation. Um, a lot of companies that you are going to be selling your product to or your business to as an early stage startup would be stage five companies, right? So it's, this is an important conversation for you to understand when you think about who to sell your company to, who to sell your intellectual property to, or who to license to. They're typically going to be stage four, stage five, stage six kind of companies. Okay, they're, they've got solid revenue, they've got solid cash flow, they're, they're pumping numbers through. Now their challenge is that they've gotten so big, they, they're not as nimble as a startup, right? So the way for them to continue their growth plan and their growth pattern is through acquisitions in many, many cases, is through licensing, is through bringing innovation through and running it through their distribution system, which is exactly what everybody who's on here who's trying to license wants to have happen. So you're going to be targeting stage four, five, and six companies as your most profitable way to do your licensing. Stage seven is actually decline, and it's, um, it gets to be a scary place. Right, So they need to take fast action to revitalize or they will go the way of uh, Radio Shack or any of the other companies. Sears catalog, Sears discontinued their catalog right as Amazon was starting. And if they had kept the catalog business and just digitized it over into a new platform, they would still be leaders because they already had the distribution network set up. So with that... Um, I know this has been a big conversation, but I wanted to encourage you to give yourselves the, the time, the space, the energy, and the grounding in sound practices so that you can grow. This isn't about you building a company now like it's already doing $30 million. No, this is about developing it appropriately. It's also about developing it in a grounded way. Okay, So we're available to support you with that, to help you with that. We do one-day strategy sessions. We do consulting agreements. We have our product success program. We do people's projects for them, too. So we have a full done-for-you services 
division, and we'd be happy to support you. I would love that. It would make me so happy to see you succeed and to have a really committed team behind you. So with that, everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful week, um, and I will talk to you again in two weeks. We are going to be launching the show as a podcast, so um, you can watch for that. I know that the team's working on that really hard, um, so I don't do not have a start date for it yet or a launch date, but we will let you know because I would love to see us supporting and helping the maximum number of people. So when it launches as a podcast, I'm going to be sending out prayers and blessings and, and requests that you go subscribe to it, that you go listen to some of the past episodes, that you go listen to some of the new content that's going to be there so that we can really serve people. With that, everyone, have a very blessed rest of your week. I'm so honored that you invite me into your life every other Monday. Talk to you all soon. Bye for now.